And welcome. Hello and welcome to the Arcade Refugees podcast. Ted here. John here. A little bit of a false start to the show. John, how are you doing, my friend? I'm, I'm, I am all right. I can't complain. Can't complain. Can't complain. You don't, you don't want to tell people what, what happened to you? Okay. I was, I was in a very minor car accident, uh, but I, I am much... The other two cars were total. I have a little bit of scratching paint, so I really, I kind of lucked out. Yeah, you, you absolutely did. We're glad you're safe. We're glad you're safe. Um, if you guys noticed, I, I opened the show um, a little bit differently than I normally do it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very much struggling right now. Um, I, I'm sure you guys are well aware. If you're avid podcast listeners, like we know you guys all are, um, you all are probably well aware of, um, of, of what sort of happened uh, on Sunday. I had to temper the fact I was excited about a DC win to to uh, to hear awful awful news about a, a fellow podcaster, uh, host of the Total Soccer Show, Daryl Grove, uh, who his uh, co-host Taylor Rockwell came out and said that uh, the news uh, regarding he, if he weren't aware he was diagnosed with uh, with liver cancer, um, and that apparently has turned for the worse. There was surgery that was supposed to buy him time. Uh, the doctors have said that he is uh, that that uh, there's basically nothing more they can do for him. Um, it's it's really really sad, really really awful news. Uh, from I I I'm gonna I might I might bore bore the audience a little bit, but I I it's tough for me because I I know I know Daryl. I've seen him around Richmond. Um, I have been on his show occasionally. He was stupidly thought I would make a good person to, to invite on his show. I don't know why he thought that, but he did. And he's, uh, I thought Jason Davis said, said it best. Uh, uh, he's the best of us. And it's really hard for me. I, I moved here from to Richmond. I knew I had maybe some high school people that were living here, but I basically knew almost nobody. Um, and he was sort of one of the first people he was at the time had joined the, uh, CSRN, uh, champion soccer radio network, which I worked at with when I did around the league uh, he is was such a nice person through and through. Um, he hosted, you know, a, I think a Wikipedia game for DC that I did terribly at. I don't know why I did so terribly. Uh, so he's just always been a really nice person, and and I'm I'm very very sad to to hear the news. Um, I feel for his for his wife for his family uh, who've endured more than more than they ever thought was possible. Um, cancer sucks and. We're gonna we're gonna talk to a story about uh, uh, someone who who went out and and beat cancer, um, and we're gonna have and to have this happen uh, is is it's hard. Um, so uh, hug your loved ones, um, be be with them. I don't I don't know how else to say. I'm sorry to open on such a downer, but I felt it, it would not be it 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 was worth talking about that. Um, John, help me out here, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean I so easy to do the transition from there. Uh, I, I, I will, I will, I don't know Daryl, uh, like Ted does. Uh, I wrote, Daryl ran the offside a long, long time ago, which is the first site I ever wrote for about DC United. Um, and, uh, I don't know, I think I did it for a couple years and I didn't have a lot of contact with him, but he was sort of like the convening point for, uh, all of the writers and he did a great job at that. And then he went on to do amazing things with, uh, with Total Soccer Show, which is being, uh, talked about by every everyone in the American soccer media landscape, uh, which is awesome. Uh, I, I I don't know who said it, 
before, but they were talking about how important it is to uh, give someone uh, flowers while they're still with us. And I feel like if, uh, you know, this is a crazy week for him, I'm sure. Like, I, the crazier than any week could possibly be. But if he is able to pay attention to all this and see that every single person who he's come in contact with in this space has nothing but admiration and respect and everything else uh, for his work and him and who he was as a person, I got to imagine that that's got to feel like something. I got to imagine that, that that's got to be taken to heart. And I echo you, Ted, and, you know, it's unfathomable to deal with this stuff for a person in sort of our age. I don't know exactly his age, but he's somewhere he's somewhere around our age. He's too young for any of this stuff to be happening. So, um, like you said, it just makes you uh, a lot more cognizant about about the ones around you and your loved ones and, and saying the things that you want to say um, when you can say them. And uh, let's try to talk... You know, I'm sure he, we should podcast about the thing that uh, that that we all uh, that brings us all together. The yeah. reason that we know he exists, and the reason that you you've come in contact with him and were on, was on a show. Let's talk about some some DC United stuff. And that's what he would want. He would want us to to talk about the sport that he that he loved and, and he he wanted to cover. Um, so absolutely, um, let's let's get into it. Uh, we have a bit of we have a bit of happiness with DC. This is weird. This feels weird. Yes, last time I think they were like I think one time at one point in the season they had a win and a draw. I think the win coming against New York Red Bulls and then the um, the zero zero draw that we do not speak of, even though I'm speaking about it right now. Um, but this feels this feels different. Uh, this feels very very different. There there I feel a sense of mild optimism and and if you if you saw my appearance on the. Uh, Cincinnati Soccer Talk show. Uh, the uh, I, I forget the guy. I, I apologize. I forget the guy's name. It's not coming to me right now. Uh, but he, he, I forget one of them said, "Hope is a dangerous thing." Well, hope was is, it Brad? What's that? Was it Brad Weigel? It might have been Brad. Yeah, Brad said, "Hope, hope is a dangerous thing," and I'm feeling hope uh, for for the first time. I'm I, I don't know if I'm hopeful about this team making the playoffs. I mean, I mean that's. That's no. far. That's far no. from 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 being hopeful. This this was this was a battle between uh, two of the worst teams in the league. Let's be clear. You had the uh, awful, awful DC United and the awful, awful Cincinnati. So it was a bad team against a bad team. But um, there was a lot to like about this game. They played. They outplayed their opponent. Um, I, I think on on the road they outplayed Cincinnati. I, I Cincinnati had some half chances, some half opportunities. They were fortunate, but I don't think you could leave that game thinking they didn't deserve at least something out of that game. Yeah, I, I, for sure. Both from, you know, we'll, we'll start at the start here and talk about the lineup, talk about Bill Hamid's uh, continued absence, the illness. Um, 4-4-2 again. Uh, young guys playing again. Uh, I think I think we were, we were happy to see that. Uh, and also... You know there are there are injuries out, so the limited number of players you can you can choose from to make big changes. But Ezin Flores got his first start in many 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 moons, um, and I think we have a maybe we have a different take uh, on how he did, which we'll we'll get into. But um, yeah, I, 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 what, what how do we start? What do you, what what did you, what do we think about the game in general? Like from from the start, we uh, I, I think we have to start we have to start with. The best player on the field, which was 16-year-old Moses Nyman. Yes, he had an 
absolutely unbelievable for 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 a player at 16 not even Chris Durkin w was doing this type this type of work he he looked like he belonged out there um he looked like he deserved to be on the same field um as everybody else out there so i mean that that in and of itself was incredible to watch i mean his recoveries were great he was making things happen he plays a role in setting up that uh that second goal it probably won't come to the stat sheet uh, it probably will be nothing but i mean he'll get the recovery and everything but he plays the ball to paredes another you know homegrown player who, who's had really good but i mean he he came in to start in a tough situation and he stepped up and his his stats 29 for 38 in the game, 12 for 13 in the second half for passing. Led the game in recoveries at 11, take-ons in four, second in tackles behind Moore and Assad. Uh, and, you know, that's, and again, he's 16. Yeah. And, and again, FC Cincinnati sucks, but so do we. So uh, you take your wins. But, I mean, you, you have to look at it from the perspective of that. He's still playing against full-time professional players at 16. So this is, this is like... What we saw, if we see that week in and week out, then that's already better than what we've seen from actually from a lot of our central midfielders. Um, I, I don't think Moreno has done much this year that's really been to write home about. Canals has been okay. Uh, you know, the most notable thing I think Moreno did was get a red card in the in the MLS's pack tournament. Um, so you look at that and you say, do you do you you know write in pen? The, the the center midfield pairing right now. The old the center midfield family we thought we came in with Moreno and Canals. I don't know if you do that. I feel like you have to reward Moses Nyman for the performance that he put in today. Well that and I think Chad Ashton is not looking for that kind of midfield anymore. Yeah. I think I, I think a two defensive midfield pairing is not what he's about here for the rest of the season. So uh, I'm actually it's interesting we we come to that, even though we've had injuries like we have a lot of defensive midfielders that now we don't really have a spot for. Like we don't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Russell Canales doesn't really have a natural spot uh, in this in this current incarnation. If, if it's right back again, maybe that's it. I hope not. I don't think anybody wants that. Uh, but it is it is kind of a. It's curious how in a very short time um, we have reimagined what our midfield's going to look like as far as what pieces we need in place and what they're expected to do. Uh, but Assad. And, and Nyman in back-to-back games have shown sort of utility that they, you know, I think Nyman was always a question of, like, is he ready for it? Like, that, the way he was playing in that game is the way he was playing uh, in, in the academy days and what got him signed. And, you know, not really in Loudon. I think he really didn't have an opportunity to really put uh, a stamp on the game. He didn't play there long enough really to do that. But um, you, you, we've got to be happy about finding a new, a new pairing that is doing, doing the work in a different way. There's always there's always a thing with a young player is how quickly do they pick it up? How quickly do the do you see them recognize, you know, and, and, and show show what they showed at the youth academy and showed it at another level where it's faster and quicker. And the fact that you know, I I think um, Charlie Bowen was talking about him and, and he said, oh, you know, you can see it. And I'm like, okay, I mean, he, he doesn't look awful, but I'm not seeing it. This game, I saw it. I'm like, this is a kid that. If he continues to grow, I mean, this, the sky's the limit. I mean, there's a reason he gets named top 100 young players, I think, by a, a British football The Guardian. Team. Top 30, sorry. You're right, top 30. So, I mean, that, that, that in and of itself is, is incredible. And to be doing it at such a young age, um, I mean, this is the type of thing that DC can grow on. We, we, we went from having 
probably one academy kid getting a start, you know, Chris Durkin or, or a spot appearance to now having four academy products that are contributing on a regular basis. It helps to have the most unlucky uh, injury luck in, of all hey, of all time and a coach being fired. Hey, hey, it, if at the very least it shows Dave Casper, if it shows the coach, I think I think it should direct who they hire. I think they should do, get a get a coach that can focus on growing those players. Um, yeah. I think that's true. Um, so let's talk about the goal because I think that's the first goal. Uh, that will not be that will not be goal of the week or save of the week uh, uh, this week. Uh, a, a ball, you, you know, you kind of love to see it. Uh, the the third string goalie for Cincinnati, Bobby Edwards, uh, was going back on a ball that was going out over the end line, and he contorted his body in all ways to try to make sure that that ball did not go out for a corner. Uh, and then he uh, he uh, dropped it on the end line, and Donovan Pines, fleet of foot uh, and handy and handy with the dribble, uh, makes makes one move and then puts the ball in the net. Uh, I think everyone was looking for uh, the ball to have been out. I think that was <laughs> I think Edwards was very drastically hoping that uh, he wasn't as good as he thought he was at bringing keeping the ball in, uh, but he he was actually very good at it, and Donovan scored. So that's two goals in two games for goal scoring machine Donovan Pines. I hate to, I hate to, I guess, rip on the goalkeeper, but the whole sequence was hilarious. It was like, he's going up to get the ball. And I remember thinking, I'm like, why is he doing that? Like, what is he like the ball? It was at first I was angry. I was like, awful free kick Assad. What are you doing? That is terrible, awful, bad balls. going. I, I said that ball's going out of play. I see him step up and I'm like, okay, maybe he's trying to think, okay, I need to get this ball to recover it. Then he bobbles it. And I'm like, what are you, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm like, what are you doing trying to keep it in? You might as well just let it go out for a corner kick. You're stupid. I mean, it'll be an embarrassing moment. You should just let it go out. And then he bobbles it. And, and then what's so funny is he looks up and he knows what he did. He knows what he did was stupid. But then you could hear him yelling, it's out. It's out. It was out. It was out. Like he's trying to like, I need something to bail me out here. Maybe VAR <laughs> will, 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 uh, will bail me out here. So um, it, it did not. Yeah, hilarious goal, hilarious moment. Good, good for Donovan Pines, man. Uh, what was it? Second consecutive, uh, second player to have two goals in consecutive games. The other one being Frederick Brilliant. So yeah, all our our defenders just score goals. <laughs> who needs forwards when you have central defenders? Um, speaking of forwards, uh, they were pretty bad. Oops, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were. Uh, I think I, I have I have tweeted uh, that I think we're going to have a bunch of new forwards next year. I think that is true. I was reminded today that uh, Hellman uh, Rivas is under contract for next year. I don't care. I don't. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think it's. I don't think the money that he's on is enough for them to not uh, move move on when they need there, to. There, there is a there is a um, a uh, a clause in every MLS. I'm sure in the in every DC contract. How many contracts have you seen mutual termination? That that is probably what's going to happen to Gilman Rivas. They're going to say, "Okay, look, uh, you know, you are you are now like down here on our death chart. We need to bring in another talent. We're going to let you go. You know, find find you know talk to some clubs, find a club. We'll we'll let you go for free. They get you for free. Um, I, I think that is highly likely. Turkish uh, fifth division team, yeah, or something. I don't know. Uh, he started well. He, the problem is that he's getting opportunities and he's showing absolutely no scoring sense whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, and 
we, this team cannot afford that. Uh, the our expected goals are going up here, and 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 I think we'll look at uh, since uh, Ben Olsen has left the games where Chad Ashton has coached, looking at what that has looked like um, from opportunities created, uh, but. Uh, all of them disappointed. Eric Sorga disappointed. I know that there are some listeners that continue to be giant Eric Sorga fans. Uh, the, 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 the guy has some holes in his game, and they, some of them are holes that you cannot have as a successful forward, but maybe he develops. But Ola Kamara also uh, is, 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 not, is not there. The confidence is gone and shot, yeah. and on a player of his age and pedigree, that can happen. When, um, when when you're when you're consistently getting benched for for Eric Sorga and Gelman Rivas, and you were a perennial goal scorer in, in in this league, that is that is not it's 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 not good. Ashton is Ashton is saying it's for rotation purposes, but that's I think to spare his blushes at this yeah. point. I think it's about I think it's about lack of production, but he's not getting the production from them either. So that this is where you feel this is where you start to feel for any of the coaches that have both Ben or Chad like. They're not scoring you goals for reasons it's that they can't score goals right now. Yeah. It's just that's the way that is. So um, DC relinquished the lead as often happens on another goalie. Uh, not as bad. It's a half howler. It's, it's a it's, yeah. It's a it's a, it's howl. a half howler. As I said on Twitter, it's a half howler. It's a low shot on turf that bounces up, uh, maybe a little bit unexpectedly. On um, depends on how many how many rubber pellets are, are happen to be at that spot. <laughs> And it jumps up maybe a little bit on um, on uh, um, sites on sites, and bounces off his chest, falls right, and goal. So so in in, in essence, it was a wash. It was like one bad, mis- really bad mistake, one kind of bad mistake. So it's it's I I, I think sites will be forgiven a little bit for that. Uh, it wasn't a great. Yeah, he's got to smother it. But uh, when that ball's screaming at you, jumping up off the turf, I. I don't blame maybe sites as much as maybe some other people might. Um, and, you know, there's also the notion uh, both, uh, you know, both Brilliant and uh, and um, uh, Pines kind of let uh, whoever scored, I can't remember, walk right into the box, literally. like Brandon Vasquez. Yeah, Brandon Vasquez. So it, it's it, that, the, that type of goal that, yes, maybe sites should smother it, but also you would expect your defense to recognize that and also react. And not just kind of ball watch while the, while an attacker walks through the walks through the defensive line. So, uh, the there was nothing that any Cincinnati defender could do because your keeper has decided to do something completely stupid on on Pines's goal. Right. So the, the, there's a bit of a difference there. Right. All right. And so so that was uh, that was somewhat to be expected. I think uh, the soccer karma gods evened out the game a little bit there. Uh, but then in the 78th minute, Chris Adoyatsum scores his first goal. Uh, Showing his real impressive speed, his breakaway speed, uh, in order to score uh, his uh, 78th minute. He almost scored, I think, a few more minutes later. I don't know how I have a minute on that, but that was very, very close. The goal, I believe, was Nyman to Paredes to, to Odoyatsum for, for the goal. And apparently Chad Ashton had been telling Odoyatsum to get forward more in the game, both both previously and then specifically in this game. So, um Great to see. I think you could see by the celebrations by uh, his teammates. Super excited to have him have his score his first goal. We all know the story uh, of his treatment and and, and long long uh, break from playing. Uh, so great for have to have him do that. He's had a really uh, this has been his best year clearly. Like it's not even close. Like compared to game time that he's had in opportunities. Um, 
I, I, I don't necessarily would not pencil him in as a starter next year, uh, but he has certainly shown himself to be a, a long-term piece of the, of the team. Uh, O'Neill Fisher has hit, I feel like their, their uh, futures have gone in opposite directions. I think uh, Fisher is still sort of recovering from his long, his major injury and the long layoff that occurred. And Odoyatsum has really made himself a, you know, a, a building block of the team for the future. And, and that's, the, I mean, Fisher, I, I think that injury, Fisher's biggest asset was speed. He still has it, but it's clearly not what it was and what made him so effective. And I think that's ultimately what's, what he's going to struggle with. Um, if he can't be a speedy winger, you know, speedy on the, on the, uh, in the right and left back position. So you can get forward quickly and, and sort of create those, create those opportunities where, where you have overlaps and, um, overloads, which is, which is what, you know, what the game has become with a lot of these right, you know, right and left backs is they're becoming more offensive minded players along with sort of having defensive recovery ability. Uh, so if you don't have that, then you're going to struggle. And I think that's what we're seeing with Fisher and, um, Odiatsum, I think definitely had a year off recovering from, um, recovering from cancer. And he is, I think, starting to find his legs a little bit. So, um, fantastic, fantastic story really for him. Um, you couldn't, you couldn't ask for sort of a better, uh, a better recognition of, of kind of how he's come. Yes, he's a defender. He's not going to score a lot of goals, but, um, it's certainly good. It's certainly good to see. And I'm sure it's something he will, he will remember, um, for the rest of his career. So, so um, they won. We, yes. we wrap that up. That's happened. Let's talk about uh, any other performances. I think Edison Flores, I think, had moments for me. I, for me, I, I, what I'd like to see him do is really take over a game and really and control portions of, of the game, be it sort of the tempo or have him be a fulcrum for passing. The challenge is I don't really under, know much of his, his career before here, so I don't know the type of player I can expect him to be. He, I think he played well, better than he has. I'm still not, and he's still obviously getting back into uh, fitness. This is his first start in a long time, uh, but I, I thought he was just okay. What, what were your thoughts on him? I, I mean, I would I would agree with that. I think he is he's he's showing he's showing flashes. It, it's it's very much, which is better than what we were seeing. We were seeing nothing. Like True. we had no, there were nothing highlight related that you could point to. Nothing you could see that would say, oh, this is a guy who, who who's starting to put it together. Uh, there was nothing. Now I, I'm seeing flashes. I, I think he needs he needs this. You need a structure, I think, around him that that's going to support him, maybe a little bit. Um, and maybe he isn't the guy. Maybe if you bring somebody in who can sort of control that game and be the guy, because um, I, I think maybe that's what we what is realized is you know when he was in Liga MX, yes, he was a highly played player, a highly touted player, a talented player, but he wasn't the guy. And I think that's kind of what we've seen with with Julian Gressel. Um, Julian Gressel went from a role player on a team with two of the best players in Major League Soccer at the time, Miguel Amarone and uh, Joseph Martinez, to you know the main guy, one of the highest paid players on the team, the main guy. And that's always what you run the risk of. Yes, you get a player in here who's talented, who has talent, and he you know certainly deserves to. If if, if you're able to get him, you get him. But sometimes you. you you know, there, there's a difference when you're when you're sort of a role player on a good team in Liga MX, and then you come to MLS where you are now the guy, the highest paid player. There are expectations on you there that are not 
on a, a another player. I, you don't know how players react. And I think that's what we've seen from both Julian Gressel and Edison Flores. I think they're both starting to kind of kick that off a little bit. Um, I think they're both seeing their values drop. Um, I, I'm sure Julian Gressel is not happy with how his season's gone. I'm sure Edison Flores is not happy. Um, I, you know, I don't know. We don't know what – I think with any player, I think you could you could make an argument, maybe with the exception of Paul Ariola, you can make an argument for every player not being here next year. There is not a – and maybe the academy guys. I'll, 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 I'll throw them off to the side as well. The, the really young guys, but everyone else, I think there's an argument. Eric Sorger could not be here next year. Um, Gelman Rivas could not be here next year. Uh, you know, Julian Gressel, maybe the team decides they want to go a different direction and, you know, they, they need some gam and tam. They, they ship him off because he still has some value. Maybe they decide, nope, sorry, Edison, it's not working out. Uh, we're going to sell you for $3 million and we're going to take a loss, but we're going to get some something back for you. Um, th- there's a lot of guys on this team that almost the entire when you're and when you're bad, that's what happens. I mean, you can't make an argument for people being there. Um, I-, I think we'll see because they were kind of in the the beginning of sort of a a a, a rebuild, a sort of retooling, a sort of uh, I-, I think you'll see a lot more guys stay and just say it was a crazy situation with COVID. The market also the biggest thing you got to think about too is they're not. I mean, DC already had to not they are they have said they had two marquee signings they were looking at that they could not sign because of COVID. And I think you're going to see that. You won't see it from the big clubs like Liverpool, and, and they're still going to be wheeling and dealing. But you're going to see a lot of MLS clubs, I think, that are not the Atlanta's, LA's, FC's of the world going to start tightening their 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 belts a little bit. And that that's going to be around the world, too. They're going to be clubs that are they, – they rely on those ticket sales just as much as MLS does. So And I don't imagine – when does the season normally start? Is it March? Yeah. March. Do you, do you, it's, it's, it, it, our first game, the first home opener was February 29th. Do you see do you see people in stands in the United States in March? No. And if you do, it's certainly not a full stadium. No. So this you're right. This is this isn't going anywhere as far as the the financial pressures that that were there before. They're going to be there again and I think that'll just be more cuts. Like there's I think I think in their mind, I think in their worst-case scenario as this happened, they were probably like, "All right, well, this season's a loss, but next year We'll, we'll we'll be able to make our we'll be able to make it back, but I'm not you know I'm not exactly positive about that. I'm actually I'm pretty positive they won't. I, I can't I can't see it happening any other way. I think the real question is going to be, I, I think the only the only way you see this team change is if, if there's I mean really that it's like anything if there's new ownership if the ownership stays the same, there's going to be no there's no way it can it can it can change from what it is, and that's sad to say. Um, I I would like to see them say okay we're gonna. We're not going to be able to do this. Let's commit to doing something differently. Let's commit to how can we maximize um, how can we maximize a sort of a small budget, and, and that's what you need to and that's what you need to get in the habit of doing. I think, um, and and and, and DC is not going to be alone in this. There's going to be a lot of other clubs that are going to tighten their belt. Opportunities for youth uh, will continue to increase. I wish there were more fringe guys, maybe some players that lit it up for Loudon last year that might get a chance. <laughs> there really aren't. There really aren't, unfortunately. Um, so that's 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 really what that is. I th- I think you're right. I think it will be very interesting to see what uh, what kind of coach we can bring in. Um, the list of the list of potentials is long and continues to grow, um, which for me is good. Although they, if you look at the list, uh, there is not a large degree of ambition in a lot of those names. It's a lot of MLS adjacent, former MLS assistants. 
um, which is fine, but that's maybe where we're at. Like that, if if it is, if if we are as resource constrained as we are, or we think we might be, does it make sense to spend more money than we ever have on a coach before, who is going to have ideas about how active we need to be in the market when we can't be? Maybe not. Maybe it's a bridge. There is there is not a there is not. I would say even right now too, because you you have COVID. That I think yes, DC made the move to say, all right, we're 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 going elsewhere. Atlanta's made that move, but I think there are still a lot of coaches out there that may may maybe shown the door if they have the type of season they're having, but because it's COVID, they might get like a pass. They might get like ah, uh, uh, it's you know, unsignified circumstances. Let's you know, let's, let's, let's we're gonna reevaluate you next year. Hopefully, hopefully under a somewhat more normal season, we'll see what it's like. Uh, you know, we can't predict. <laughs> right. We can barely predict what happened this season. Um, so it, I think there's a, not a lot of movement. So I think the, the pool is thin. The pool is thin of, of, of real, like, reputable coaches. Um, I, I think it's encouraging that they're going out um, and looking at some uh, some some uh, some coaches of, of color uh, rather than just the usual. Re- I mean, if, if this team, the only the only the only way I am going to be really upset is if they go out and they hire a Dominic Kinnear or a Dave Sarakan, <laughs> one of those types of names, because that would just signal, that would signal to me that, and I can hear the press release right now. It's like they hire one of those coaches. It's like, oh, this is a long time hire, successful manager. You know, been to MLS cups, won <laughs> you know these these types of trophies ten years ago. It's not what the team. I mean, I, I would I would rather the team than would go out and make me maybe make a risky signing. Go out and find a coach that maybe not everybody's really paying attention to and 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 give it a shot. So I mean it's it's they're going to be I think regardless of who they're hire there is going to be something about it that is going to be a drawback or a potential like well we'll see how this goes. Um, there's not going to be a coach that you that immediately I think this team is going to hire and be like this is a perfect pick. Great pick, fantastic. This this is this is perfect. I, I just don't see that. I don't see that happen. No. Well, look at our budget. I, yeah. I think I think <laughs> I think that that's not going to happen. But I think he, whoever it is, uh, a philosophy is free. Like an uh, an idea, a style of play is free. Uh, an idea about what you want the team to represent and be doesn't cost you anything. So I I think you know we're I think optimistic in general. We continue to watch this team and hope for wins. So I think whoever it is will be somewhat excited about. Provided again, it's not Dominic Kinnear. Yeah. Um, it could it could be someone like Dominic Kinnear. I, I could I could absolutely particularly if you're saying, you know, we we understand we have to invest more in this team. It will not be now. It will not be next year. Let's just find someone, a new voice who understands the peculiarities of MLS and can wring blood from a stone, similar to what Ben did, but not isn't Ben. You could you could see them doing something like that. See, but, that that used to be that used to be a, a very strong narrative is you needed a coach that understood the league. That whole idea I think is 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 very much off the table. It's still pervasive though. If you read any of the articles that that talk about coaches coming here, that's still a major concern is someone understanding or, or someone who can tolerate Byzantine league structure and rules and allocation well, and that I they, mean that that's honestly when it's good to have a guy like Dave Casper who takes over that role, and that, and that's you know, ultimately that is that that is a, I I just think it's less of a factor. Uh, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, yeah, it was a huge it was a huge deal. 
I think the the roster rules have gotten to the point where you can build a decent. The, the, the biggest problem is that you would have a coach, you know, and 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 most coaches the the, the secrets out, so to speak. Yep. So most coaches, I think, are well aware of that. And two, the MLS uh, Super Draft is sort of irrelevant now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they don't have to worry about college soccer at all. That used to be a thing where, oh, we'll get a college coach who's really familiar. Let's get Sasha because, you know, he knows yeah. he knows the college game. You know, I don't care. We could do that. That's fine. But I, yeah. I think that 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 knowledge base is no longer a real value. If you're gonna hire, I mean, Caleb Porter was hired because he took a program like Akron and attempt and did things that no other college coach was doing although look at those players look at look at the look at some of the players that he had and Perry it, kitchen <laughs> yeah Perry kitchen uh, Darlington Nagby was yeah. from Akron too I believe right yeah Darlington's Dar- 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 turned out pretty well yep. I mean he, he's had a position move but but I mean so but but that that's that's why Caleb Porter is successful in MLS because you know I love Sasha Sasha's very happy at uh producer Brian our Arson Wenger there you go. That would be he's free. That would be ridiculous. He's available. I, I would be all for it to be honest. Like, he's would, used. He's used to a team that doesn't want to spend a lot of money. <laughs> I, but I'm not sure it's the type. I, I mean, his idea of not having a budget is like forty million. Uh, this idea of having a budget is like five. It's on a scale. Like he's just gotta. He's gonna. Times are tough. Tighten the belt. <laughs> I think it. I think our players would hate. And 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 uh, producer Brian could tell me on this. I all I know about. Arson is that he he ascribes to like uh, the Japanese school of, of of repeating a task over and over and over and over and over again until you can uh, until you're competent until you're an expert and that practice because of that was like exceedingly mindless and like torturous for some players that were not used to they were used to like just like yucking it up and having and doing different things but he was like no we are gonna we are gonna skill build we're gonna do this thing 100 million times until you can do it right so. I'm curious how uh, MLS. Although I, if it's Wenger, then they'll probably be like, "Okay, this is probably a good idea." I'll be I'll be like Henri if I do this. Most of those players would like never dream of the idea of being coach, and that's and that's the option DC has is to hire a a big name coach that people would want to come play for, and you know you do something like that, you can you can I mean a large reason that. Miguel Amiron came to Atlanta was because they hired Tata Martino. And he's like, I get to play under Tata Martino. He's a great coach. I'm going to learn a lot under him. And he did. And he flourished. So, I mean, that's, you know, I hope DC's at least. Arson to DC. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do yeah, it. We're going to start it. Arson, we're the show. Arson. We're the show that is pioneering bringing in uh, a, a a living legend of, or, or Alex Ferguson. What's he doing? I mean, he's like 97 years old, I think, but he still goes to games. I think he's. I think he's feeling better. He had a stroke. I think he's better now. So let's just any pl- any coach that you remember from the mid two thousands who is still alive. I let's 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 start a rumor mill. Let's get let's get the blogs talking. Scalari's available. I think he's coaching no one. I think he got fired by Paul yeah. Maris. Yeah. yeah. Um. It, it's probably going to be. It, it's going to be. It, I, my my projection is going to be somebody who is either going to be, unfortunately, a, a retread like Dominic Kinnear, or it's going to be somebody. Tom Stone. Say, <laughs> Do we want to go that back down that? Yeah. Let's again? let's bring Tommy back. Full circle. Or, John, or, John 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 is John has bad ideas right now. Everybody stop listening. Kurt Anolfo. We'll bring Kurt Anolfo back, oh, and then God, Ben no. can be an assistant. No. It will be like all right, all right, all right. That's it. We're done. I'm ending the show right now. It'll sorry, be like those sorry. ten years never happened. 
Do we want to talk anything about Philly? Do we no. Want to, uh, we, we don't? No. You, Philly, or, Philly or Atlanta? Atlanta is who we play this weekend. You no, know, I was talking about who we played, Philly. We got to talk about maybe a little bit about that game. No, I don't want to do that. Okay. <laughs> they tied. They played well. Yeah. Against four the, points. Four points from two games. Chad Ashton is a, uh, is a mastermind. <laughs> Chad Ashton, new coach. Yep. Right. Um, guys, uh, com. We've been bad about getting content out there. We're going to work on doing that. Um, life's life's getting away from us. Uh, John, do you have any anything you need to plug? You, you're the plug machine. I am the plug machine. I believe if you bought a shirt, you're going to get it in two weeks. Cool. So expect to see us wearing it. I was thinking about it. I was like, should I buy an RFK Refugees uh, face mask, like a mask, and then just wear like walk around and have be people asking, what is that? And then I can tell them. I have a real, I have a real big problem. I see a guy in a DC United shirt, like walking around. I'm like, kind of want to talk to him about the show. Kind of want to see if he listens to the show. <laughs> I never do it, but I always want to do it. I always think, man, that would be. That's how you get listeners. It's buzz marketing. No, I have nothing to plug. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Twitter.com to our Heroes Podcast. Uh, sorry about the phones, guys. Uh, we're we're trying to work on some new things with the show, so um, to make give you, give it a better content. So we'll stay tuned on that. Uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Vamos. Vamos.